Welcome to Disney Animation Minute Essentials, where we are going through Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs one minute at a time. I'm Kestra Dorowski. And I'm Andrew Dorowski. And we are once again joined by Colleen, who is our friend. Hello. Who is not on a podcast, but she's she on, on this podcast. She's on this podcast. Today we are discussing Minute 58, which begins with Snow White finishing her sentence of once there was... She says that once there was a princess. <gasps> a princess. Yay! Was it her? It was her. I already know. I watched it. <laughs> and it ends with Snow White singing away to his castle. Okay. Song time. Yay! I, I like, like songs. songs. <laughs> <laughs> This is why we're friends. <laughs> but it's, it's not as much fun as the silly song. That's true. Or Blood a Lot of Lum Dum. No, but this is a romantic song. Yeah, I know. It's true. It's very, very true. My first note is, at the beginning of this minute, it seems like the animation on her eyes is a little bit off. It was I was me looking a, at a her little. eyes, and they're see- but I, like, or at her face, and I couldn't tell... There seemed to be something a little off. I think it was her eyes. I think it was the eyes blinking. Okay. It or or the um the position of the color in her eyes. It, I, it just seemed a little bit off. I couldn't figure out like what what seemed to be wrong with it, but there what there did seem to be something. Yeah. So thank you for. I, I validate your your opinion on that. Awesome. Something was a little bit off, and it was it was a little distracting. But then I cut back to the dwarves, and it was fine. I wasn't paying attention to her face. <laughs> I'll be honest. What were you paying attention to? I don't know. <laughs> the okay. song, probably. It sounded like the kind of comment a really, really misogynistic man would make about a woman at a bar. <laughs> it's like, I mean, there's jokes about it's like, hey, eyes are here. But anyway. No, I was dreaming about the song. Okay. Dreaming. You, you, were, you were just thinking about it. You're, you're waiting for your prince to come. Yes, I am. Speaking of dreaming, with this whole song, because you said dreaming, not thinking. Um, with this whole song, there was a dream sequence. That was, like, originally part of the... Animation, yes. Oh. Let me pull it up. Wait, like a dream sequence or just, like, a like an animation sequence to go with the song? They called it the dream version. So, that like, it, it wasn't... It wasn't asleep. Like, it wasn't like she was... A sleeping dream, but oh, it was like, like like a wishful dream. Yes, like I I I dream of the day when this happens. It's it's my daydream, a daydream kind of dream. It's yes. like me waiting for my prince to walk up to my front door with a bouquet of roses and a ring. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you dream of it. Yes, <laughs> I don't dream of that anymore. Aww. I already found my prince. And sometimes I come in with flowers. Yes. Yes. Yes, you do. Not a new ring, though. No, you've already gotten the yeah. ring. Anyway, we're getting <laughs> off track. Okay, dream dream version. Yes. It, so this was animated ever or cut? It was, uh, or at least parts of it were, were drawn. Okay. So... And then it was cut. Okay, and they just went with panning around this room. Yes. And, and all the dwarfs and stuff. Basically. And, and a little bit of focus on her. Yes. Mm-hmm. Basically... It was, uh, like, taking place in the clouds, and she's walking around, and there's, like, stars and, and stuff around her, and she, the 
and she sees the prince and they dance and hug. Do you think they cut it because they had issues animating the prince early on? I know that they had a lot of issues animating the prince and so they cut his role dramatically. So maybe this was part of that? Possibly. Like they cut the torture and they cut this? Possibly. It doesn't exactly say Mm -hmm. why they cut it. But I want to say that part of it probably was the prince and another part was it seemed a little too... Fantasy? Yes, and out there. Hmm. Okay. Because I don't think like a dream sequence taking place in the clouds with stars surrounding them and stuff what kind of fit into this whole I don't think it would be bad though. I don't think I don't, it, think, so I don't think it would have hurt the film. You know, I would really love to see Disney reanimate this and put it in as a deluxe deluxe edition or something. Hmm. That would be really cool. Yeah, um because they also have animatics for some of the deleted scenes like the um the bed making scene because they put some of that together for a a planned sequel. Oh. Okay. So there are you know, there's a lot of work done that didn't make it into Snow White, either in, in this film or into a, a film they never made. So Yeah. Uh, but uh, some of the visual concepts and of the, the dream sequence ended up in one of the Silly Symphonies. Oh? Winkin, Blinkin, and Nod. That sounds familiar. I, like, I think I've heard about that one. Yes. Maybe I've seen it. Okay. But, so there was a different animation to go with this song about the prince and being in the clouds and the stars and stuff. But they went with dwarfs. And she's just singing. Okay. It seems like it would almost be easier to animate stars and a sky than seven dwarves. They don't move them much throughout this sequence, so it was probably relatively light on actual animation. That Um, makes sense. But I, I, I agree. I think it would have been interesting. And I really do think um, if they had done it, it would not have detracted from the film mm-hmm. um, in its current state. I think it would have been actually a nice addition. Yeah. Um, so my guess is there was there were some challenges to it that made them cut it. It wasn't a decision based on um, the flow of the movie or anything like that. I think it was probably um, a decision based on difficulty and execution. Probably. I agree. The lighting shift, uh, this is another reason I think it, it would have worked well. The, it suddenly gets really dark in yeah. the in the cottage. Like, the lighting shift, I, I think it took place technically in yesterday's minute, but it's really noticeable through this minute um, that I don't know if they intentionally put out a lot of candles to come settle in by the fire, but it is dark in this cottage yeah. now, and I don't like it. Like, it got way darker than I want it to be. Yeah. And I think that was probably going to be part of like a cue that they'd be around the fire, she'd start singing, and then it would fade into this other thing. Probably. And and then it wouldn't be quite and, and this other thing would have been probably a lot of blues and, and lower lighting, so it would be it would be a good transition into the darker um cottage yeah. space. And instead you get kind of this almost harsh transition after they finish singing to Snow White um doing her her turn. And it's, it's dim everywhere. Now that I think about it, the dream sequence might have worked well. Um, because this whole song is basically a lullaby. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would sing it to her it's children. Dreamy. 
Um, and so it's dreamy, which makes the clouds and stars and everything it makes seem sense. to make sense. Yes. But again, it also would step into another like element of fantasy where you're animating this, this dream and there's not really a precedent for that. Um, we haven't seen anything like that um, in this in this film, except, ooh, actually, this is another argument for it. The only time we've seen anything like that is with the uh, queen and her potion. Um, when she took the potion, we got this dreamlike, uh, more nightmarish imagery of colors spinning and the bubbles and the the inky squid thing again. So there is a precedent for, um, you know, the like non-diegetic imagery, basically like this sort of fantasy overlay of I, things. And I think the dream would actually work because we've already seen it. I think it would be a good offset to that. Yeah. I as bet it well. was, it was anticipated a, as a counterpoint. And it's a lighter. Yeah. A, a positive, like yeah. showing the magic that Snow White has through um, yeah. kindness and her voice and, and song uh, in comparison to the, the dark magic that the queen yeah. has. So I, I, I think they probably like really did want it, and it was a technical thing because yeah. like everything I'm thinking about story wise and imagery wise, lighting transitions, all of that stuff seems to point that this dream would have been a good yeah. um, sequence. And and now I really like I feel like we're really missing something. This is the first time that we've had a deleted scene or sequence that really feels like oh dang it like that would have been awesome dang it. <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the... Uh, uh, the nightmare the, of the, the forest. forest. That was the other oh, thing, yeah. 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 As soon as you said there's another thing. Yeah, because they, they did that like really impressionistic um, forest sequence with, with hallucinations and nightmares. So there's definitely precedent for yeah. uh, a fantasy overlay to go into this. I wish they had done it. Yeah. I'm really... Ma'am, <laughs> we should petition Disney to reanimate it. <laughs> like, can you guys find this one? Because that'd be really great. And I think, that'd be fabulous. I think, like, the more I think about it, the more it really enhances yep. the the story and the film. Like, it is. It I mean, the, and this film's like great, yeah. but yeah, it would be a really excellent way to tie it together and and just bring another element and say like. You know, here is something for deep comparison. You know, compare this dream sequence to the nightmarish forest and also the curse from the queen as she's um, transforming herself. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, man. This is great to think about. Like that. And I didn't think that this film had like issues. But now I'm saying it's like, oh, now I feel like this piece is missing. Yeah. Um, where nothing else has felt like it was missing. It's otherwise felt, you know, really tight and concise and, and a well put together film. And it is still really well put together, but this is a, a piece that I would say would make it even more well put together. Like it, it would, uh, it would make it a, a higher level of allegory and art. Yeah. If, if we didn't know about the deleted sequence because i don't i don't think they actually i don't know how far along right it could have just been some some uh some designs still yes probably just some idea sketches maybe storyboarded if yeah uh, if we 
didn't know about this, we probably would just been like, the lighting just seems a little weird. But other than but, that, yeah. like, but it's that's fine. The only, that's like the tip off to say, it's like, oh, they planned something and then they didn't have anything to do. But yeah, like otherwise, like, cause I didn't know until we started recording this until you, you brought it up. And my only note was like, it got really dark all of a sudden, which is kind of weird. And, and that was the extent of my comment. And now, and now that you've mentioned that there's this other thing, it's like, oh, it got really dark. I bet that's because they were planning this thing and it was going to transition and kind of lull everything smoothly instead of it suddenly getting dark. It was going to say like lullaby, like you said, um, into this dimmer um, rest of the evening. And then they just kind of had to like make do without it. And that hurts. That's sad. That's really sad because there's so few things throughout this movie that they had to make do with, Um, especially even including like the prince whose part got cut down a lot, it but it's never felt like he's really lacking. And it makes it so much better. Like, if the prince had more of a role, I yeah, feel like it, it would have been a lot better. Yeah, the, the sequences that they talked about with him, you know, splashing in a fountain and climbing trees and stuff, and a skeleton dance in the in the dungeon, like, all of that stuff seems like it would mess with this film. This is the only sequence I've, I've heard about that seems like it would have improved the film. And, I mean... It's really good film. It's like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes or something. It's, you know, it's well regarded. It's well received. It's very high up there. And it like, it's great. And, and it's the only reason that, you know, we have full length animated features the way we do now. Like if this hadn't worked, it would have shut things down for so long. And it's amazing to think it's like, there's a thing that could have really, really enhanced it. Yes. Uh, at least the way we're imagining it. Like yes. three for three, we're picturing something that really works. Yes. Um, yeah. And it makes us sad. I agree. Yep. Sad, sad. Do you have anything else for I, this minute? Uh, yeah. I, I feel bad like bringing up anything else. Cause we fit like a really like nice note with this discussion of, of the, the dream animation version. Um, well, and it, it kind of ties in actually. So in addition to the lighting seeming off, um, the dwarves all look a little bit different throughout this sequence. Like there was a different animator um, doing them. Like their wrists seem a little different. Like you, like when you think about, um, it might be in the next minute, but Dopey like rubs his nose and his wrist seems fat compared yeah. to what it has been. So it's like, that's a different animation. Happy lost a ton of weight as he's sitting on like this barrel lid. Like from certain angles, you're like, that doesn't look like happy. Like where's all his weight? It, it, like right, he, right. he seems smaller and doc doesn't seem quite the same proportions. So I think they probably had to like do this as a backup animation. Like they weren't planning on this and they just couldn't make it work. The dream sequence the way they wanted to. And so they probably did this as a fill in. And that's probably why this animation for the most part seems a little bit off Makes sense. for, for the dwarfs. Yeah. Like, Right, like legitimately, when you look at it, you're like, that doesn't quite look right. We're pretty familiar with them after the dancing scene, so it, like, it, it's easy to notice when they look off. And this is a moment where they don't look like themselves, and then they come back to looking like themselves in the next sequence. I agree. Yeah. So, if we weren't paying attention to this minute by minute, we wouldn't be missing it. Yeah, they probably had like the main animator doing the dream sequence and I, then having somebody else do the backup just in mm-hmm. case it didn't work out and then having to go with that because... Yeah, or or um, they had an animator who wasn't typically a dwarf animator, yeah. but it's like, oh, your sequence got cut, do this thing. Yeah. 
um, or something like that. Someone who wasn't quite prepared for it. And, and it makes sense that, you know, they don't move a lot. It's not a heavy animation sequence. It's, it's panning to, you know, basically stationary dwarfs. Yeah. Um, except for, for a little bit of motion. My other note is that Snow White says it was so romantic. Like we don't really see a, that much romance. Like she was scared, ran away, kissed a dove, and that was it. Unless there's a lot that we didn't see. <laughs> but she's really fixated on the prince, and we did not see a lot. That's true. That's that's very true. That was my last note, but I'm just like I can't express like how sad I am that we don't have more information about this this dream sequence. And I want to know more about it. And I want to, like, I enjoy imagining it. Like, the little pictures you had with the with the stars and everything seemed really cute. And yeah. maybe, I mean, and maybe their vision for this film, that didn't fit into it. But I think the reality of this film, it would fit very well. Yeah. Anyway. Are we done with this? With this, I have one last note. Okay. So, someday my prince will come was actually ranked number nineteen on American Film Institute's hundred greatest songs in a hundred years. Just for comparison, what are eighteen and twenty? Okay, so eighteen is Cabaret from Cabaret, and twenty is Somewhere from West Side Story. Ooh, okay. And let's just hit the top ten, just so we get a a good idea. But I bet I bet Somewhere Over the Rainbows. Yeah, really somewhere, somewhere over the rainbow is number one. Okay, good. Like um, it had to be. Yeah, it's it's high up there. Um, as time goes by, from Casablanca is number two. Okay. Number three is Singing in the Rain from Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. having that um, up there. Wait, okay. I want to see if I can think of any more. But like, honestly, the the best ones I would think of would be Over the Rainbow and singing in the rain as time goes by makes a lot of sense but i wouldn't have thought of it um is beauty and the beast in the top 10 no it's not okay that's the only there's another disney movie that is though that is Mm -hmm. i'm looking at it right now yeah (laughs) actually technically two because number 10 is technically a disney movie as well it is i think so all right what well let's keep going Okay, so number four is Moon River from Breakfast at Tiffany's. Okay. Number five is White Christmas from Holiday Inn. Okay. Number six is Mrs. Robinson from The Graduate. Okay, number seven, this is the Disney movie. Okay. When You Wish Upon a Star from Pinocchio. Oh, all right, yeah. That's, yeah. yeah. Okay, you know, if one Disney song deserves to be in the top ten. That's probably it. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably got to be it. You're right. Because that, like, is Disney. Yes, that's, I mean, that is, like, you hum that and you know, even though it's from Pinocchio, which is, like, strictly speaking, probably one of the less viewed yeah. um, Disney songs, but that's, or films, uh, but that song is transcendent beyond mm-hmm. that film. Okay. Okay, um, number eight, eight is The Way We Were from The Way We Were. Mm-hmm. Number nine is Staying Alive from Saturday Night Fever. Okay. And number ten is The Sound of Music from The Sound of Music. All right. I, wait, Sound of Music is technically Disney? I don't think, I think it is. It, I thought it was. I, I might be crazy, but I'm pretty sure it is. I don't know. Um, it. I mean, it could have been distributed by a company that then became part of Disney. It, I mean, things like that get complicated. Or uh, owned by a company that Disney like doesn't technically own one hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, there, 
when you get into the legal components of something that's released or distributed by Disney, it gets a little I tricky. Mean, I mean, we wouldn't have Julie Andrews in Sound of Music if it wasn't for Walt Disney bringing Julie Andrews onto My Fair Lady. Or, not My Fair Lady. Mary uh, Poppins. Poppins. Because she auditioned for My Fair Lady, but they didn't want her because she was a Broadway person and didn't know how to do screen. And so Walt was like, I'll take her. I'll take her. <laughs> and she did we're, great. And we're grateful for that. Oh, yeah. Yes. I don't think I could picture anybody else as Mary Poppins. Mm-mm. I, okay, I don't even picture Julie Andrews as Mary Poppins. <laughs> I just picture Mary Poppins. Yep, like, me too. Like, it's, it's, like, that is a moment of dissonance for me where it's like, but Julie Andrews is blonde and, like, and, and she's Julie Andrews-ish. And Mary Poppins is just and only Mary Poppins. Like, there isn't an actress that plays Mary Poppins. There's just the film Mary Poppins with Mary Poppins in it. Yeah. And like, as much as I try, like I can't look at it and it's like, oh, I see Julie Andrews. It's like, I don't see Julie Andrews. <laughs> I just Mary see Poppins. the character. It's it's one of those moments where even though you know I've seen her on screen plenty, I can't put this one on screen persona back with her and be like, oh, I recognize her in it. Like, I don't recognize her. <laughs> like, it, it, like, it, I, I, it's I, just like, um, with Hook. Yes. With Hook, um, I know, I know that in the film credits, <laughs> Dustin Hoffman is the actor credited with playing Captain James Hook. But, <laughs> when I watch the movie, I don't see any actor now, playing Hook. All I see Dustin is Hoffman, Hook. Supposedly Dustin Hoffman is in the movie, again, in the real world, in England, mm-hmm. somewhere. But I don't, I don't see him. <laughs> I mean, he's really good at doing that stuff. I only but, see but him. Hook in particular. Like, I see Robin Williams. Yeah. I see Dante Bosco. I see... Maggie Smith. Julia Roberts. I see Julia Phil Roberts. Roberts. Or Phil Phil Collins. I see I see everyone. Except like I see um I see Bob Hoskins. I don't see Dustin Hoffman. He's not there, guys. <laughs> it's Hook. It's just Captain Hook. And yeah, like like um like Mary Poppins. Like there isn't a performer there. Yep. There is only the character. And it's amazing. Like, those are probably the two biggest examples I have of just being, you know, amazed by the fact that I could never see that person again in anything because they are only Hook and Mary Poppins. (laughs) Like, like, I've looked really closely. And I think at one point, like, as an adult, I was wondering. I was wondering. I may have said it to you, Kestra, after we were dating and stuff. I was like, "The actress that played Mary Poppins did she ever do anything else?" <laughs> because, like, I like she's great. You know, because there's this this disconnect where it's like, "Yeah, it's Julie Andrews." It's like, no, I mean the actress who played Mary Poppins. <laughs> like, I know who Julie Andrews is. She's not in that movie. <laughs> Who played Mary Poppins? Yeah. And it's the same thing with, with Hook in in Hook. Like, oh, who played Hook? He's really good. He should be in more stuff. It's like, oh, he's all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and, and you just, they're gone. Like, I can't see him. And it's amazing. Okay. 
Well, from from sadness. And- yeah, we're, this has been a crazy episode, and I love it. Uh, and I guess we're we're all wrapped up on this episode. Yes. We're not, we're only halfway through the week. <laughs> uh, but if you've enjoyed this, please, please, please share us with your friends and family. Uh, share us with the people that love Disney or that love Julie Andrews or Dustin Hoffman or, or any <laughs> of the people great. we've mentioned or or songs, famous songs from movies. Uh, it's all been a blast today. And also find us online, go to Facebook and find the Disney Animation Minute Secret Essential Listener Society. It's a fun little community where we'll be able to share links and people can post comments and all, all sorts of things like that. Uh, since we've been announcing it, we have gotten more requests for people to get in there. We appreciate that so much. Thank you for joining us there. And if you're listening to this and you haven't found us there, go find us there. It's great. And you can you can post links and comments and, and share your stories of not being able to identify an actor or actress in a film. Uh, we are also online... Uh, through the protagonist podcast website, protagonistpodcast.com slash Dame. Uh, it's just a little landing page with some information on us. And you can also go through that and listen to the protagonist podcast. This is another podcast that I work on. And let's see, is that everything? Yes. I already told you to share us with your friends. So other than that, just come back tomorrow for more of Disney animation minute essentials, where we are talking about snow white and seven dwarfs until then. Just whistle while you work. <laughs> <laughs>